You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but also the Locked On Giants podcast. The person speaking is Javier Reyes of the superior and more lit and more fun team, the San Diego Padres. And then not speaking, who I will let speak in just a second, is Mr. Ben Kaspic of the Locked On Giants podcast. A great follow on Twitter. You can find him there at Ben Kaspic, B-E-N-K-S-P. I-C-K. And then for me, the much cooler Twitter handle at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode, Ben and I are going to be recapping slash just talking a little bit, maybe not a full recap of this weekend series. The Giants going forward and what have you, the Padres going forward. And I'm finally going to let Ben speak. How are you doing, sir? Because I know, I know, I just all of a sudden was throwing some volleys to start these things off some silos some tomahawk missiles yeah i was doing uh, great then you just started coming at me without letting me respond <laughs> so now i'm kind of ticked off <laughs> it's it's good because i want you more angry because ladies and gentlemen before we started uh recording this podcast ben had to rant i mean he, he just he needed to he needed to and we're going to talk about that a little bit uh actually you want you want to just go, go through that now while the steam is hot or the toast is hot i don't know what the term is exactly but sure <laughs> so the thing that ben needs to talk about is mr carlos Rodon of the san francisco giants who absolutely carved the padres just want to mention that really quickly went the full nine he was great i think it was 12 strikeouts if i'm not mistaken i don't have the numbers in front of me he was awesome aside from a couple bloop you know grounders and whatnot that might have gotten through uh rodan was awesome so to a degree i thought that the padres Yes, they lost the game, but I think Rodon is excellent. So if the offense doesn't show up, Rodon is a decent enough excuse for your offense not to play well. But he did not make the all-star roster, which is a little silly because the Giants, you know, they're known for pitching and whatnot, especially these past couple years, you know, all the stories, the Alex Cobb story that I always bring up on the show. And he didn't make it. Instead, it was Jock Peterson. So I think that this is worth a rant. Ben, give us the numbers. Give us the juice. The only thing you can't say is that he deserved it over Musgrove, Ben. I don't think you're going to say that anyway. So go for it. Talk about Mr. Carlos Rodon really quickly. And if you have any beef with all-star voting in general. Yeah, um, there's so much to say. Number one, I mean, if you just look at simple strikeout rate, which is just a measure of dominance. Like this is the one that jumps off the page before we even get to like the actual run prevention, which has also been great for him. But he's second in the major leagues among qualifying uh, qualified pitchers in strikeout rate. And by major leagues, I actually meant National League behind only mm -hmm. Corbin Burns. He strikes out 31% of the batters he's faced all all year. He's also limited walks and he's limited home runs more than anybody and so if you add that all up the fielding independent pitching the FIP one of the kind of advanced numbers with, that I think a lot of people are familiar with these days is first in the league and Fangraphs wins above replacement uses FIP in its war calculation and therefore he's first in the National League among pitchers in wins above replacement and so I get it FIP is a little more theoretical it's not actual run prevention but he's got a 270 era and he's just 
dominated outside of one start. He allowed eight runs in one start. It happened to be a national television game. And so I think maybe certain people, that's possibly the only time they saw him all year. Because let's face it, not a lot of people ever pay attention to the Giants outside of Giants fans. And so in all of his other starts, he's allowed zero one or two runs except one time three runs so one time three runs one time eight runs everything else two one or zero all season long the dude is on his way to a hundred plus million dollar contract and he could win the Cy Young award and just it's a snub there's a lot of snubs that's the thing that kind of stands out to me uh it's been a while since I've since the Giants have had a snub and so I haven't gotten worked up too much about it (laughs) uh pablo sandoval way back in the day was a big snub but it's honestly it's been i think that long since we've had a big one on the giants and so it's kind of brought this up again for me and it's a flaw with just every team has to have a representative and the rosters possibly are just too small if you're including guys who you know don't deserve it over a carlos rodon yet they're on that roster it just leads to snubs and i just don't see how that's good for baseball when some of its brightest stars don't go to the all-star game. To me, that just doesn't make any sense. Right. And I think that one of my things about the, cause I, I'm one of those people who I agree with you. I, I don't like that every team has to be represented. And obviously if people want to cold takes exposed me in 10 years that the Padres are rebuilding or whatever. And Tatis is on the IL because he did another motorcycle thing and they don't have anyone in the all-star game. Yeah, fine. Go ahead and do that. But, my thing is also some teams I'm just like too bad. And some teams I'm also like, you're not trying though. You know, there are some teams out there that every now and then the product of the reason you don't have a good player is because you're not spending. You like to just reshuffle. For instance, the Oakland A's, I think are a great example. Now I know Frankie Montes has been pretty good for them from whatnot, but you know, like he his numbers in a while to be fair, but like, that would be a good example of a team. Forget the Montas thing for a second. Why do we have to celebrate them? They just traded all these guys away. They've been doing that for 30,000 years, even though the owner is worth uh, plenty of money. And they keep doing that. And we're saying, oh, but they have to be represented. No, make it that you have to try and build a better team. I think that that's much better. And I think it's more fun to be like, wow, this team just had like eight all-stars. I think that people should look at that more. This is not the case of, say, uh, someone thinks Max Freed is better than Joe Musgrove or that Sandy Alcantara is better. than the, It's like those are toss ups. Those are like whatever, like you can genuinely kind of go either way. But for these situations, my thing is if your team doesn't have good players, they don't have good players. Right. Or at least players that are worth celebrating on the all star game. Right. It, it's mm-hmm. not worth keeping someone who's better out just to have someone who's they because you have to have an Arizona Diamondbacks player you take their reliever who has the best era on the team i'm sorry but joe mantiply is just 10 times less valuable than carlos rodon and yet he gets to go to the all-star game and rodon doesn't it's just stupid and mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you it, i'm 100 percent with you just uh, listen this is my pessimistic view but i'm sure it's the the, the reality which is that it's for they want every market to tune into the game to see if their guy gets into the game. And so television ratings have everything to do with probably making sure that every team has a representative. So people will watch and see if their guy gets in. And so it's, it stinks. And 
Yeah, I already I ranted about it all day, so I'm sure my listeners are somewhat tired of hearing about it, but it's a snub. <laughs> I don't want to come across like there aren't other snubs. Like if you look across yeah. the game, there are so many deserving players who aren't going in. And to me, that speaks to they they either need to make the rosters a little bit bigger. There's only 33 players. One in each league is a legacy player who doesn't even belong, but I get this I get the point and I I think that's fine. But mm-hmm maybe add like five spots or or just stop with the every team needs a representative. It's a fair take. I mean, the Padres first baseman, right? Like he clearly is deserving of some type of award. I, I don't know if it's an all-star award. We're still talking about all-stars. Okay, my bad. So so that's that's a whole nother thing. But former Padre, uh, Ty France, he he was one that people were bringing up, right? Yeah. And he's a beast. I love that guy. But this is this is what happens, but I do think it is important to talk about just kind of our our vibes about the whole everybody's got to make it because it does take away from some people who deserve it. But uh, before we talk about the rest of kind of you know our two teams respectively and the race that I imagine these two teams are going to have in the NL West, along you know trying to catch up with the Dodgers and all that, guys, I want to talk to you about something dispute. All right, this is this isn't the question of, of voting and popularity, ladies and gentlemen. These are just objectively the best protein bars that you can find on planet Earth. I don't want to speak for the rest of the galaxy, but on planet Earth, I guarantee you the best protein bars out there from the people who invented healthy and tasty stuff. They've got the coconut brownie chunk bar. You might have uh, heard of it before. It's the Locked On MLB Channel's favorite flavor. Now they've got the coconut brownie chunk puff version. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's, if you've ever had their puffs before, they're very good. So it's kind of, they've got both versions of it for you. You should go check that out. It's healthy for you. Collegian protein, which not going to lie, didn't not totally sure what that means, but I know it's protein and it's good for you. There's tons of health benefits. It tastes Co- good and it is good collagen. for you. Collagen? Yeah. I spelled that wrong. Then I pronounced that wrong. I it's can't read good. either, ladies and gentlemen. I need, a, I need to have more built bars <laughs> to make my senses better uh but ladies and gentlemen yeah. if you want to you know make your senses better so you don't spell things during an ad read go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order remember that is promo code locked 15 everybody be sure to lock down padres and locked on giants your first listen every day free and available on all platforms Ben, let's talk about our two teams. And honestly, if you want, you're allowed to, you know, I, I know that I've been hosting and kind of carrying this as I used to my advantage at the beginning in order to just just randomly come after you. I don't know what came over me, to be perfectly honest. I, there's nothing. I, I'm having a great day. I don't know what happens. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. But uh, this past weekend, the Giants won two of the three games against the Padres. The first game, the Padres didn't win because Blake Snell decided to show up. But then it became a little bit of a throttle. Like it did not go well for the Padres and especially didn't go well for Mackenzie Gore, who I talked about on my episode um, yesterday. So if people want to check that out, feel free to, but just in terms of the giants, what, because this is a team that won 107 games last year, right? Everyone's talked about this and heading into this season, somewhat understandably people were like, well, I don't believe that they're going to do that again. They lose Buster Posey. They lose Kevin Gosman. What is kind of the just in general, what is the vibe for the Giants right now? Because they've had some weird defensive issues as well, which I imagine is going to be a thing that you have to talk about. One of the worst defensive teams in the majors. What is kind of the number one storyline for the Giants uh, as we head into uh, soon the All-Star break? It is the defense. It has been that bad and it has been that consistently bad 
that it it's the thing that we've talked about the most over here in Giants land. I mean, it's really cost them many times. And uh, it's been some of the worst defense I've ever seen. And I've been, you know, watching baseball for a while. And it's, it's some of the worst <laughs> defense I've ever seen. Uh, but also, there's kind of a sentiment that they didn't do enough in the offseason. And you mentioned Posey and Gosman. Also, Chris Bryant was here, and then he left. And so what did the Giants do? Well, Posey retired, and so you know they, they had a club option for him of $22 million that was going to be picked up. There was coming off the year that he was coming off of. That was going to be picked up. So obviously they didn't have to pay that. They would have liked to, but they didn't. So there's $22 million kind of free to spend that you were going to spend anyway. And they spent it essentially on Carlos Rodon, who got a deal with an average annual value of about $22 million. And so there's the Posey money. And they really didn't do much else. That They did not... Uh, I mean, they, they signed Jock Peterson, but in fairness, it was a one-year $6 million deal for a guy whose value is just kind of capped given that he's a platoon player, doesn't play against left-handed pitching, doesn't start against left-handed pitching, and, and is often pinch hit for in the middle of a game against a lefty if there's a big situation. And also he's not a great defensive player and he's not a great base runner. And so specifically on the offensive side of things, the position player side, there's a case to be made that they didn't do enough and they finally had all this money kind of freed up that that had been tied to some players that this new front office had inherited. Like, I mean, Samarja a couple years ago, Cueto finally reached free agency. Belt and Crawford were supposed to reach free agency. Belt was given the qualifying offer. He took it. Crawford was extended midseason last year, but they didn't add to the team that they already had. If anything, they kind of just replaced Posey with uh, Rodon. And then I guess in a sense, even though Rodon is a starter, they spent the Posey money on Rodon, but then Gosman leaves. Mm -hmm. Rodon like replaces him, but then you've kind of, you get what I'm saying? You've kind of only replaced one of those two Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And so their payroll was flat. Essentially, they were at about 160 something million last year. And they're at about 160 million something this year, which was frustrating when you look at the Dodgers, who are closer to 300 million, uh, and the Padres are up there well above the Giants as well. And you would think coming off a 107 win season, they might have done a little more, especially there was all this really kind of premium talent out there yeah. this uh, last offseason with Correa and Seeger and Simeon and Gosman and Robbie Ray and on and on and on. And a lot of position players, Trevor Story. So that's kind of people are still talking about that when you ask. So like mm-hmm. because the Giants started out pretty well, but they've they fell all the way to 500 just a couple days ago. And in that Rodon game, if they lost it, they would have been below 500 for the first time all year. And so people are, were not happy about their offseason still. And then, of course, uh, the defense, the pitching numbers haven't looked great, but I think it has a lot to do with the defense being so bad, they just, the runs are coming in when they really shouldn't because of the defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because the giants, like there, there really was a lot of talent. I mean, I think we almost forget because it was like, we had like two 
halves. We had two eras of free agency yeah. where it was that bum rush before the lockout. I don't know why I call it a bum rush, uh, but <laughs> it was like a rush before the lockout. And then it was that slow and then big kind of rush afterwards. But we forget, like, it was just crazy. I mean, Chris Bryant got paid. Now, maybe people don't want to pay that much for Chris Bryant, but just Carlos Correa, especially who was clearly ready to settle on one of those, the LeBron. James type deals where it's an option for each year and whatnot. Perfectly honest with you, I don't know why the Yankees didn't do that because they need a shortstop, but it's it is very weird that the Giants didn't necessarily go for it more after 107 uh win season, like you said, and you've had issues of age and Brandon Belt, you know, being much older and he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Brandon Crawford looks like last season maybe was it just a mirage? That's a real good question. Like, was it just a wow, that was really fun? Uh, but Unfortunately, you're just a defensive player for the most part, and that's basically what he's been for most of his career. So I don't know what's what's going to kind of happen with the Giants. you think they're going to do anything at the trade deadline? It, a lot is going to depend on how they play the next two weeks. It really looked a couple days ago like they may be sellers. And if they mm-hmm. become sellers, because look, they're two games back in the wild card right now, and that took a couple wins in the last couple days. If they had lost even one game, you're looking at being three games back, and then you're kind of on the cusp of contention if you start falling four, five, six games back of the final wildcard spot with a couple months to play. And do you really like go all in with this team that just hasn't looked that good? Uh, And so they needed those last couple of wins in San Diego. I think that this upcoming homestand before the All-Star break, they play the D-backs three times starting tonight, and that is a team they should win against. But... uh, what was the question? Will they be? Will they do something at the deadline? Yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. now, what's going to happen tonight is our boy Joe Mantiply is going to get the save or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should never have said anything. But uh, I mean, but the yeah, D backs they won two out of three against the Giants right before the Giants went to San Diego, and the Reds also won both their series against the Giants this year. They split against the Tigers. They lo- they got swept by the White Sox. So just recently, they've been getting killed by some of the worst teams around this year. But if they play well for the next couple of weeks, I don't see why they wouldn't do something at the trade deadline. Last year, they they made one of the bigger moves of anybody. Yeah, that's but right. it could literally go, I don't think, I think like holding is probably not what they'll do. I see them either mm. adding something or selling. But just holding yes. with this roster that's kind of old and like you either got to go for it or you got to kind of back off a little bit and try to, recoup some values some value on players on expiring contracts like carlos rodon if he was suddenly made available would be arguably the top available player in my opinion Mm -hmm. or at least one of them and jock peterson would would have some value as well and they're both on rodon's contract is a little bit complicated it's a two-year deal but he can opt out if he reaches 110 innings and he's 10 Mm -hmm. innings away so it's it's essentially a (laughs) one-year deal uh, yeah. Because he'll probably opt out and try to get a long-term deal. But yeah, I see them going one of two ways, and it all depends on how they play for the next three weeks. Wow. That's some exciting stuff. That's some exciting stuff. It and is. It's, it's, it, it makes these true. games really important. Mm-hmm. It's true. And you know, I don't think this deadline is going to be as nutty as last year's deadline was, but it should still be fun, especially for super baseball nerds. But yeah, it feels like the Giants were one of those teams that kind of 
like there, there was a facade of action because they made a lot of moves in the offseason, but a lot of it was like bringing guys back. And then like you talked about with the Posey money, kind of like doing you replaced Rodon or Gosman with Rodon, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So that's kind of what happened. You have the Brandon Belt qualifying thing. You had Brandon Crawford, I think. During the season, I actually think that they did that, the extension. Yeah. But like that's what it feels like where it's kind of like, oh, they made a lot of moves. But it was just to, to keep this team that we don't know whether or not it was just a mirage. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, you know it's not just a mirage. You know what's always there for you? Automobile needs. RockAuto.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, for example, Honda Odyssey fuel pump, it's $353 typically from a chain store. It's only $216 from Rock Auto. They've got a really nice website for even schmucks like myself that know nothing about cars. It's really easy to navigate through their catalog. So whatever you need, everybody, go check it out. Motor oil, they've got you on that. Tail lamps, brake parts, those they probably they might even have those. Uh, don't quote me on this. They might even have those little air fresheners. Who knows? Bottom line, everybody, is they have you covered when it comes to cars. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How'd you hear about us? box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com man i'm proud of that transition that's one of my best transitions in a while but anyway uh ben <laughs> let's uh do you have any things you want to ask me because the padres are oh man man oh man it, it is it is a team the, the san diego padres they are a baseball team i can confirm but they're a weird one. And I would argue that these next few weeks are also really, really important because I don't know exactly what the Padres are going to do. I think that they're a team that desperately needs outfield help. Yes, they might have Estuary Ruiz, the speed demon, out in the minors right now. Something like 60 stolen bases in 60 games. He had like an eight-game steal streak at one point. So maybe he can help out in the outfield. But with the Padres, their big thing right now is outfield, but the problem is that their roster is so, so, so weird, right? Where the Giants, maybe they have these one- or two-year deals. The Padres have incredible players like Manny Machado. you got Jake Cronworth, who I think is going to have a great second half. You've got Tatis, of course. But then you've got some black holes at first base. You've got Will Myers. You've got Blake Snell. You don't know what the heck he is. Weird, weird team, Ben. A weird team. They are a weird team. And from the outside, I mean uh... – Oh, excuse. Hold on. The um, I opened up an application. <laughs> okay, <laughs> from the outside, I mean, they had a great start, and when you look at mm -hmm. their record, it's still good, and they're still firmly in a playoff spot. And so, I guess I kind of want to know, like, what you mentioned, like, it's a weird. It is a weird roster, and that that kind of was the case the last few years. They're one of those teams that you look at some of the top tier talent, and you think that it should work and i would say generally it kind of has given what they've done but i see that they haven't been playing their best lately and so i'm kind of wondering if yourself and padres fans in general are kind of looking out for the same type of collapse that we've seen from this team at times and mm -hmm. um what can be done to avoid it and also the big question around this team is when is Tatis coming back because yeah. to be able to play as well as they've played and not have Tatis 
to me says you bring him back and and he could play the outfield right isn't there yeah talk about him he's been working out in the outfield too and that's one of the things right so can he help in the outfield that's that's the big thing though i think that with the padres they've had a couple things definitely go their way right like they were able to bring in shamanaya and he's been consistent not great but it's okay because he's like the fourth or fifth guy right and then you've got Blake Snell, hopefully he can turn things around and whatnot. And he's looked okay his last uh, recent starts. Um, and then you've got Musgrove. And then Mackenzie Gore, who did get lit up by the Giants. Maybe he might be get sent down, but he was great to start, right? They have so much pitching depth. And you Darvish is another one, by the way, who did also pretty well against the Giants. That him is going to be, can he hold up throughout the rest of the season? Maybe, I talked about this on my show yesterday. Maybe it wasn't a question of the sticky stuff, but maybe it was a question of you Darvish just getting old. And maybe he might be a guy that might fall off a little bit in the second half, which is a point uh, we, maybe we didn't consider beforehand. His fastball spin, I'm pretty sure, is pr- still pretty great. So maybe this was a question of that. I think that for me, obviously, you have the guy at first base. And he overperformed the first half of the season. He went ground ball gargoyle the first half, first month of the season. But it was working. It was awesome. But the problem was that he's not particularly fast. This is not Ichiro Suzuki, who even when he hits it on the ground, it does not matter because he's in he's Sonic the Hedgehog, right? With with that guy at first base, he's declined in a way that, not going to lie, I was hoping it wasn't going to be this bad. I thought that he was going to, maybe he's a two and a half war player this year, right? <laughs> that's, that's what level we're at right now with this guy that you signed to an eight-year, $144 million contract. But that's the case too. But for me, the number one thing has been Trent Grisham. Uh, Trent Grisham for me has been the number one. He was an X factor heading into the year for 2020 and the first half of 2021, maybe a top 20 sort of outfielder. He plays good defense. He had some pop in his bat. He could steal bags. He was doing a lot of stuff and he could see a lot of pitches, which the Padres for the past decade have been a team that never gets on base. They would hit home runs or strike out. That was it. But then he became one of the worst qualified outfielders in baseball. I haven't checked in a while, but, there was a time period in which him and Cody Bellinger were like the worst outfielders by Woba in baseball, which isn't great <laughs> whatsoever. Um, and his defense is good, but it's not like this Jackie Bradley Jr. thing where you're like, all right, well, he's just so good, especially in his prime where he's kind of you can win with him as a starter, as they did. But with Grisham, that's the big thing with this team right now for me. And then obviously you have the jerks and Profar injury against the Giants, which you haven't talked about yet because um, to be honest, there's not much to talk about. He got hurt, and I'm hoping that he gets better. But, you know, this is a team that's that's hoping that Brent Rooker, they called him up. Maybe he could do something, right? The outfield, because the fact that Grisham has been so dead weight and has not – it looks like he might have just been a total miss. Um, that's the big thing with this team. Can they trade for Benintendi? I know his name has been out there. And Austin Hayes, maybe. Although the, the Orioles are good now, apparently, so maybe they, they might not be able to do that. So – that's the big thing with them with this weird roster. Can they manipulate? Can they move around to get a little bullpen help and get an outfielder? Because I don't know, man, I don't know. It's everybody. The popular thing to do right now is going to be saying, all right, the Padres weird roster is finally catching up with them. The fact that Cronenworth's not performing well, the fact that Tatis is out, the fact that they have that guy at first base, Machado can't carry it all. I get it. I get it. It's one of those things where I'm prepared for anything. <laughs> I'm prepared for another collapse. I'm prepared to turn into the Joker again. <laughs> I just, the thing is, what is Preller going to do, right? Like, is he crazy? Is he saying, I'm going 
gotten for it. Like again, for the fifth year in a row, right? I'm just going to go crazy and trade for Joey Gallo, right? Like that, nothing would surprise me at this point. Can you talk a little bit? We've never discussed this, I don't think, between the two of us. And I always Mm. think about it or often and recently Mm -hmm. as well. The all of the players that the Padres have traded who have gone on to be great players. And it just seems like uh, at the, like they give up on them at the wrong time. And then I, I look at a guy like CJ Abrams and it's like, it's almost like they're trying to force the issue by saying, mm-hmm. you're a good prospect, go play in the major leagues, even though he maybe isn't mm-hmm. even ready yet. And I mean, he's got tons of talent and I can see it. Everybody can see it, but I don't think the results have quite been there for, for Abrams, but I mean, is he has to be a little gun shy, right? I mean, you yeah. go all the way back to like Trey Turner, right? And just Ty France recently and on and on. Don't they just have a crazy history of trading players and then they become really good elsewhere? Yeah, and that's one of the problems, man. Because <laughs> it's like, this is a guy that would have been fired probably if not for the fact that there are some sneaky trades in there, right? You did get Musgrove, right? That's That's been great. Yeah. And Darvish has still been pretty okay. And the return on him hasn't been that bad. But then you have Blake Snell, who hasn't been as good as you wanted to. And in fairness, Luis Patino hasn't been a super stud over in Tampa. He's dealt with health issues. But bottom line is that's an asset that you could have traded for some other things that you needed on the team. And yeah, Ty France for Austin Nola. That's really rough. Like I said, with the guy at first base, he's a black hole. So you can't really get a new first baseman because he can't get rid of this one. Uh, so that's an issue. They were close. I, oh, man, I thought they had it with the Mets <laughs> before the season, man. I thought I I got oh, no. my hopes so up. I was like, yes, yes. I, I, I was, oh man, I really thought, I thought I was getting the, the early Christmas present, but that didn't happen, right? So there's 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 a variety of things and with the Padres I think one thing that's happened is that they kept their top level golden eggs in your Campisano mm-hmm. in your CJ Abrams in your Robert Hassel in your Mackenzie Gore but a lot of those like steady major league guys and I know Cal Quantrill isn't particularly great right he's been arguably one of them the, the anti Alex Cobb right like the the unluckiest pitcher or the luckiest pitcher I should say in baseball but bottom line is like, especially last year, it would have helped to have Quantrill, which sounds crazy, but it would have helped to have a guy like that guy who can throw innings and not be Jake Arietta, right? And not be Chris Paddock or any of the other guys that they had to throw out last year. And Trent Grisham, who we were, we just talked about, that trade, uh, would I rather have Eric Lauer and Luis Urias and then, you know, for less money and the team control than maybe you Darvish or Blake Snell right now? Yeah, I might like to have those assets back. So, yes, they kept their top prospects, but the ones that were ready and can maybe just be okay players clearly have uh, turned out pretty good. I mean, even Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor for, for Cleveland, he's yeah. been pretty okay. Like, there's all these – it's annoying that there isn't doesn't seem to be a trade that they've made that you're like, oh, yeah, that turned out to be nothing. And they sold high and they sold correctly. They sold at the right time on someone, right? James Shields is the only one, obviously. Uh, from but that's not recent so that's the big issue with the team right now i don't know how they're gonna come out from underneath that they're spending a lot of money and they should not be as porous on offense as they can look at times so yeah he might be gun shy ownership might be saying all right enough's enough you've you've had too many misses Mm -hmm. right you're gonna build around tatis and machado but otherwise we're not letting you go out 
and sign uh, whatever the heck, Nick Castellanos, right before the season started. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say, which is related to all of this, is that on the national broadcast, it was on Fox on Saturday, uh, Eric Karos, who does TV, he was one of the broadcasters, he was talking about how Wilmer Flores is just like a joke of a number three hitter in the middle of the lineup when you compare him to Manny Machado on the other side hitting third. And something that came to mind was I looked at the runs scored for these two teams, and the Padres have played... Uh, more games than the, or the Giants have played. Yeah. The Padres have played more games <laughs> and scored fewer runs. So the mm-hmm. Giants are a better run scoring team and you wouldn't like, you look at Machado and you look at, at the star talent and you might not think that, but the Giants just, they don't have this porous kind of issue and like black holes black in the hole. lineup. Yeah. Where and it's so like, a bunch yeah, they of don't have anyone players. as good as me, but yeah, competent players. And it's led, but but it's they baseball. so if you the know? pot if you could combine like if the Giants had a <laughs> Machado and Tatis <laughs> yeah. that would be awesome but and if the Padres had the rest of kind of the Giants I think mm-hmm. they would solve each other's kind of problems mm-hmm. by doing mm-hmm. that but uh, so that's kind of the mission for each of these teams the Padres need to get more kind of depth and the Giants need to possibly get some more impact talent yeah absolutely hey I would kill for Brandon Belt still. I, oh, is he injury pro? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> and it's a one-year deal. It's over at the end of the year. They can it's move on. I would love Brandon Bell. It's uh, not this long Jack Peterson, great. Awesome. Can he play defense? I don't care. Take over for Christian. <laughs> I don't care if he gets a platoon guy. Um, either way, uh, what's for sure is that, and, and I know that podcasters and analysts and people, they always say, oh, this is a big stretch upcoming, but it really is. I, I really, you know, the all-star break with the trade deadline, especially with these two teams, We'll see. I don't see the Padres being sellers. I think that they could be a, we have acquired, you know, who's who's like an okay reliever. We've acquired someone of Joe Mantiply's level, and then that's all they do. I could see that scenario coming true, but I can't see them being sellers because they also don't really have too much to sell for the record. Uh, so we'll see how it all uh, transpires and whatnot. But Ben, do you have any last things you'd like to plug for the good people that are listening? Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay, everybody, go follow Ben on Twitter. Go follow me on Twitter at Javapeno. You know that, Ben Kaspic on Twitter. Subscribe to both of our YouTubes, Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Giants, respectively. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast and Giants podcast. But, of course, the Padres one is the only pod that might be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them from. Ben, until next time, as always, it's been a delight. Everybody stay faithful and stay golden. See you next time.